Hello, and welcome to Open Door Playhouse, a theatre podcast that celebrates live theatre on the podcast stage. I'm Goretti De Silva. At Open Door Playhouse, we strive to bring our listeners thoughtful and surprising 10-minute shorts and one-act plays that showcase insightful and new perspectives of the world we share with others. Open Door Playhouse is a 501c3 theatre organization. Support for Open Door Playhouse comes from listeners like you. Your tax-deductible donations help keep our plays on the podcast stage. During the month of November, we are presenting a month of plays written by veterans or members of their families. Now playing in Theatre 118, Cairo, written by J.A. Mode II, directed by Bernadette Armstrong, starring James Mode II as the father. got this. Just don't talk too much. We always talk too damn much. Just tell the man what he wants to hear, not another word. Mr. Sims is just a vice president of business loans. A fancy title, but he's just a man with a corner office. That's all. Likes a little face-to-face to see what a man's all about. Well, you show him. Folks say he appreciates a fine cigar. He'll offer you one if you're worth the risk. He'll have heard the talk around town, ain't no denying it, but you ain't got nothing to confess. This is about what a man can do with his own two hands. Time to start believing again. Appreciate you meeting with me, Mr. Sims. Yes, sir, I'll take a seat by the window there. Yeah, quite the view from up here. That's a, that's a fine picture of Mount Rushmore. I've been to the Black Hills once. Sure was something special. Of course, Paducah's a fine place, too. Been here going on ten years. Started Dan's demolition back in 97. See, that's why I'm here today, sir. I was hoping to... Yes, sir. That's right. My daddy grew up in these parts. Ballard County, right across the river from Cairo. Graduated from Heath High School, class of 42. In fact, if you look out the window, you can see it. There, where the Ohio River bends down towards Cairo, a a clump of trees around a little pond. My daddy and his buddies would skip school and go fishing there. Did their best to let go of all the problems in the world back then. Three of them joined the Marines after high school, shipped off to Guadalcanal together. My daddy was the only one to make it home. I asked him about it once, but he just said a a man had to be there to know. Never said another word about it. 
Sometimes it's like I can still hear them. Out there in the tool shed again, talking in their whiskey voices. Veterans Day and Memorial Day, I get them confused. They carved names onto the wall and cried like little boys. Sometimes I'd imagine being out there with him, waiting for just the right moment to ask. What's wrong, Dad? Tell me. Please, we can make it all better. I promise. He was a carpenter, sir. Worked hard to build us a life up north across the river from St. Louis. Talked about retiring down here someday, but the good Lord took him home first. I fed him ice cream on the day he died, a chocolate caramel swirl. <laughs> Nurse said no, but I figured there ain't been a man yet who died in the taste of something sweet. What kind of man was he? <laughs> he was a good kind. Not the church-going type, but the kind of man willing to give a hand up to those in need. Said it gave him a purpose in life. Preferred talking to the good Lord at a fishing pond instead of church, so we'd spend our Sundays driving the back roads past some school or bank he'd worked on after the war. He'd glide by and go on and on about the need for building things to last. He wasn't much of a fisherman, no sir, but he believed a man could do anything if given a chance. Those were different times. I remember we'd watched the nightly news together. They built a wall in Berlin. The president said we was going to the moon. Before you know it, he got shot dead. More and more troops started heading to Vietnam. I turned 10, and he took me to see what he was building. I remember how he told me to close my eyes before we crossed the river, and I listened. He placed a hard hat on my head. When I looked up, it was right there in front of me. The gateway arch climbing into the sky like two arms coming together as one. It was beautiful. I was hoping to be like my daddy, Mr. Sims. Tried my hand at building a clubhouse, but I couldn't get it right, so I'd rip it down instead. And, well, that was the fun part. <laughs> Found myself building things up just to tear them down. Never thought about it before, but maybe that's how I got interested in the business. Yes, sir. That's right. I, I did a little time in the Army. We wanted to serve like my old man. He was struggling to make sense of the times back then. Men giving up and running off to Canada. Soldiers throwing their medals away. Broke my daddy's heart to see it. Said those men lost hope in this big country. Forgot what the fight was all about. Freedom for all those folks over there. I remember watching it all on TV together. We got a new big screen, 23 inches. And it was all there in color. Everything. Everything. Soldiers bleeding in the jungle. Helicopters and body bags. The burning skies. He stopped watching with me. People marching in the street. Police dogs and assassinations. I wondered if we'd ever get to the moon. No, sir. I, I never made it overseas, but I seen the troops come home. Folks say it was a war. Broke those soldiers, Mr. Sim, but it was more than that. Our troops were over there fighting to survive. Just struggling to get from one day to the next. And the truth is, we didn't want to win that war. And they knew it. I think deep down, we all knew it. You see, a soldier has to believe we're all in the fight together. 
Take that away and it can eat at a man. Hollow them out to they're just a shell on the inside. Now, it ain't what folks want to hear, no, sir. But the fact is we gave up on those men. That's why so many of them ended up on the streets. Why so many of them, well, I did my time and got out. Honorable discharge. I missed my war. So what brought me down to these parts? Well, it's easy to lose your way after divorce. Easy to get lost in a bottle and forget it's all about that little freckle-faced boy looking up at you with those scared eyes filled with questions. And the sad truth is, you ain't got an answer, no, sir, because there ain't an answer in this whole damn world that makes sense. I had a cousin down here in Ballard County, a dry county, said he could use a strong pair of hands, and I figured a dry county would do me good. Packed it all up and headed south. Told my boy we was going home. Started Dan's demolition a year later, and I worked hard, so real hard, and folks around here took notice. No, sir, you go right ahead. I, I like the smell of a good cigar. What brought me over to Cairo? Well, it was my son, sir. He was struggling at the middle school, couldn't buy a friend, always in trouble for drawing pictures in class, and then there was that shooting over at Heath High School. Remember that? Some kid firing into a prayer circle and killing those three girls. They say he just stood there after he'd done it, dropped his gun and told the principal to shoot him. Strange, huh? Planned it all out step by step, but it wasn't real until he saw the bodies. Now, I don't remember that kid's name, but... I remember what they were calling him on TV down here. A 14-year-old gunman. Not boy with a gun, but gun man. As if killing was all it took to make a boy into a man. Now I'm all about the right to a weapon. But my son was all I had in the world. No parent ever expects to lose their child, Mr. Sims. I, I figured there had to be another way. Thought we'd give homeschooling a try. Heard about a librarian across the river in Cairo. An old Irish woman working magic with boys like him, so I set up a meeting. Esther was her name. My son brought his drawings with him, a, a big old stack of them, and she sat right down and had a look-see at everyone. Gave my boy a little wink, and when she ran her fingers through that red hair of his, it was like that boy come alive again. Two years. We'd been down here almost two years by then, Mr. Sims. That was the first time I'd seen him smile. I'd cross that bridge into Cairo five days a week, sir, and after a while, well, you, you can't help but notice that lost look in a man's eye when you pass him by, the cracked sidewalks and broken windows. I've seen those looks before. I've seen them up close and personal. Now, now, I ain't never been in combat, no, sir, but... I know how the war rages on inside a man. The government don't give a purple heart for wounds of the mind, Mr. Sims, but maybe they should. I know what it means to lose hope, sir. And the sad truth is, there ain't enough hope left in Cairo to fill a thin boy. I, I did my best. But when a man boxes up a need, well, it, 
It tends to come out sideways. You find yourself over at that liquor store more than you should. Well, when a beautiful woman asks if there's anything special she can do for you, well, the color of her skin don't matter much. Belle was her name. I couldn't take my eyes off her. Me and her and her. Standing appointments uh, uh, once a week before I picked up my boy. That's all. And no, no, I, I never said a word about it to my boy. You see, he was thriving. Math, art, writing, you name it. Old Esther working her magic. Having drawn pictures of all the old buildings in town, said it helped him make sense of the history there. And once he got behind the wheel, there wasn't no stopping him, no, sir. He'd glide through town and go on and on about Cairo being the tip of the spear in the Civil War. About how those old slaves built it into something special. Mansions and music halls of the cobblestone streets. Prosperous times back before the Klan come to town. Before the white folks gave up and run off. It's funny what a boy can teach you. He had some real talent Drew this picture of the old abandoned gem theater. He made it come alive again. Reminded me of the one in my own hometown. I told him to keep at it, that he had something special there, not to let anyone tell him any different. Yes, sir. That's right, I, I stopped going to Cairo. Why is that? Well, it's It's complicated. I found myself driving across the river one night. The whiskey talking to me. You want to ask the girl to stop doing what she's doing, though you know she ain't got a choice. When Belle saw the empty bottle, she grabbed me by the hand and took me home with her. Said she didn't want me to die on the road. And a kindness like that, well, that was Belle. I started helping with the rent. No promises, just clean sheets and a little quiet conversation. Once in a while, she'd open a bottle of wine and go on about needing to believe in a better life out there. The, the world bending toward justice. Talk of seeing what this big country had to offer, but being afraid of what she'd find out there. We had a nice run, Belle and me, but one day I found my boy standing outside her door. He looked me in the eye, thinking maybe I'd have something to say, but I, I didn't. We just drove back across the river instead. I never said another word about it. We just stopped going there. Maybe that's the answer, Mr. Sims. That it's just easier not to go there anymore. Easy not to question the things you've been hearing your whole life. You see, I'd been going to Cairo for years, but the truth is, I never saw the possibilities there, no, sir. But my boy, well, he'd seen it all up close. The cracked sidewalks and all, he saw things I couldn't. I thought I was doing the right thing, Mr. Sims, trying to make Ballard County his home, our home. But I was wrong. Cairo was his home. I just couldn't see it. Yes, sir.
That's right, he, he decided to join the Marines. It was them burning towers on TV. He watched it over and over again. I woke up one morning to find him holding an old picture of my daddy in his uniform, and well, that was that. They trained him as a combat medic, part of the first wave in the Baghdad, and what he saw there changed him, no denying it, but he was a believer. Volunteered for a second tour, hoping to finish what they started. Said the hardest part was fighting a battle they wasn't ready for. Folks killing each other for no reason. He got a little shrapnel in his leg and lost a buddy, but that ain't what did it, no sir. It was what folks started saying when he got back. That it wasn't worth the price. It never makes sense, does it? One minute it's all about freedom, and the next it's all just a big mistake. After he got out, I, I put him to work right away. He was struggling, searching for a sense of purpose, and when they offered us that demo job in Carroll, he, he got excited at the possibilities. I, I sent him over there to scout it out. Two old buildings rotten on the inside, and well, all these years in the business, when you bring something down, it's because something better is going up. Turns out there wasn't no plan to build. When's the last time I crossed that bridge into Carroll? <sighs> it was for Esther's funeral. <laughs> Whole town showed up. I looked for Belle. But word was she'd taken off with a truck driver. It ain't what folks want to hear, no sir, but I don't regret my time there. The truth is there wasn't much difference between Belle and me. Just two folks struggling to get from one day to the next. I... I don't care what anyone says, Mr. Sims. I like to think me and her had something special for a while. It's been a hard year, sir. Days when I wake up a little lost and find myself driving back across the river. Sometimes I park outside the library and try to get inside my son's mind. I close my eyes and I, I imagine us all there together. <laughs> The city alive and thriving. The gym, theater, and the music halls lighting up the night. Belle and me, stepping out in the town. She's in a long red dress, walking tall in high heels. I lean into her, and I promise we'll hit that road together. See everything this big country has to offer. From the black hills to the desert sky. I swear if she ever comes back, I'll make good on my word. It ain't right. I know what folks are saying around here. That I did it to myself. That we shouldn't have gone there. The same old stories about how the black folks killed that place. Except they say it in their own special way down here. Don't they, Mr. Sims? But they're wrong. Folks there just lost hope. We gave up on them. I don't care what anyone says. Carol didn't die because of poor black folks. Carol died from a broken heart. You don't need to put out your cigar, sir. I... We all got a war in our past, Mr. Sims. And it changes you. If a man wants to rebuild the life, he has to accept the changes. I, I see that now. I've seen it up close and personal. I've learned what it means to walk the streets alone, to step down those cracked sidewalks and look in through a broken window at a life you can't get back.
when you see a son's body hanging from the rafters of a building, a man has a choice to make. When you hold him in your arms, you ask yourself if you're worthy of the life you've been given. And when you close his eyes for good, you either stop believing again or else you'll get trapped right there forever. I've made mistakes, son. Done things I ain't proud of, but that don't mean I stop trusting in what I can do with my own two hands. I want to show you something, Mr. Sims. This here is my daddy's purple heart. And this here is my son's. And each and every day, I wake up searching for a way to be worthy of them. They're all I have left in the world. Now you take these and hold on to them until I pay you back. And you keep them safe, sir, please. Because I'll be paying it all back on time and with interest. That's a promise. I'm asking you, sir. Can you help a man rebuild a life? Can you? Plays are produced by Bernadette Armstrong, recorded at Oak House Studio in Altadena, California, mixed and designed by our talented sound engineer, David Peters. Sound effects are provided by Audio Jungle and music from Karaoke Version. Thank you for listening to our plays. If you are interested in submitting a play for production, you can find that information on our website, www.opendoorplayhouse.org. Please share the podcast with friends and do not forget to subscribe so you will be notified when our next production is live. And don't forget, donations to Open Door Playhouse can be made at www.opendoorplayhouse.org.